You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams. Reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly, skip the FOMO, and let's dive into the deep together. Hey, Make Your Breakers, it's Jai Long here. I hope you're well. Today, I'm talking to Carolina Guzik. If you don't know who she is, she's been on the podcast before. And she talked about Pinterest. She gave some great strategies. It's one of the most downloaded episodes to date and people are still writing to me all the time about it. Today, she's talking a little bit about Pinterest, but more so, she is a speaker at the next Wedding Photography Summit that's coming up, which is a big deal. We love to get top speakers from all over the world that teach actionable strategies that people can implement instantly into their business so they can get some more leads. And that's what this is all about. Now, if you don't know what the Wedding Photography Summit is, it is the biggest workshop in the world for wedding photographers. It goes over two days, it's online. And over the last three years, we've had 22,000 attendees and we've had some of the biggest speakers in the world, including people like Gary Vee and India Earl and a whole list of people, Donald Miller, et cetera. So this year we're actually talking uh, and we're going to go deep in SEO, in pricing. I'm actually teaching the pricing module. I'm going to teach how to increase your prices without losing a single client. We're going to talk about videography, web design, copywriting, client experience, and we're going to do a live shoot, which is really fun because myself and Lilu, my wife, are actually uh, the couple in the shoot. We're in South of Spain and I'm uncomfortable in front of the camera. So you get to watch me being awkward. I'm going to be very awkward about it. But today we're talking to Carolina about Pinterest and how she made her break because, you know, often you see these successful photographers and successful people in this space and it's hard to imagine what it was like for them when they had zero followers, zero money in the bank, zero business, zero clients, no website and everything else. And sometimes we just need to see that someone else has done it to get that motivation for ourselves and inspiration and also how did they do it? What little strategies can they share and what, what little clues do they leave behind from how they built their success? So I want you to look out for that because there's a few things that she says in this interview that you can implement in your business and it might give you just a little mindset shift, things like that. And maybe just like a little strategy that you never heard before or you've never tried before. And maybe it's time to try something different in your business to see what's going to work for your business. So if you do want to go over and get yourself a ticket to the Wedding Photography Summit, Tickets are $7 for the two-day experience or it's $97 for the VIP experience, which gives you 12-month replay. It gives you my TikTok ads masterclass, my Facebook ads masterclass, plus my best performing Facebook ads to date. I'm going to give that to you as a plug and play. You can literally steal it off me, plug it in. Uh, I'll give you the sales page breakdown of what works the best as well. So for $97, I mean, if you just got that, like that's worth it in itself. Not to mention the coaching call, the panel discussion, everything else that you're going to get. Just head over to weddingphotographysummit.com. All the details are there, but I'll get in quick because it's happening really fast and uh, and I want you to have the best experience possible. So get over there, get your ticket and let's make it happen. So let's get into today's episode. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Carolina, we've actually had you on the podcast 
once or twice before and I'm excited to have you back. I know you got a podcast yourself. Are you still recording and releasing episodes all the time on your podcast? I am every Tuesday morning. Every Tuesday morning, the Tog Republic, all about marketing and everything else to do with business when it comes to wedding photography and photography in general. Is that right? Absolutely. Correct. And we also have once a month, an episode in Spanish. Awesome. Okay. So if you guys don't know who Carolina is, I've done an episode before. You can go onto my website and actually just search her name and you'll be able to find the past episode. And she dives in deep and talk about uh, Pinterest on that last episode. So we have lots of strategies. It was a really good and hugely popular episode. People are still writing to me saying they're getting so much from that episode, all those good strategies. And it just seems so simple as well. But today I actually wanted to talk to you and more so like who you are and how you made your break. And one reason is because when I first started this podcast, I really wanted to be inspired by all the people around the world that have created their own break and they've made their mark in the world, whatever it is, how big, how small, it doesn't matter uh, because it inspires so many of us to do the same. And there's everyone's, it's, you know, a different level. And we all need to hear from someone just like us of like, yes, they went out there, they took a risk, they made things happen. So let's let's dive into that today. So I started, I believe, over 12 years ago. It was a hobby, I guess, like many other people. I my family growing up, like we didn't take photos. Like I have very little history with photos from my family. And I think that that always kind of like bothered me a little bit. Like I wanted, I want more photos of my childhood. So so I I used to, (laughs) yes. Uh, I think it was, I mean, the eighties, you know, cameras with roles, probably my family took photos and the roles never got developed or what have you. But I don't remember my family having like a, like a photography inspiration kind of a thing so anyway so when i get married i used to complain to my husband a lot about that i'm like i don't have any photos of my childhood and he's like well there's nothing we can do about that but we can you know take photos now you can take photos Mm. of your life now because obviously there was like the complaint of not having photos but also there was not like oh but now i take all these photos right it was just like i'm not taking photos at all so he got me a camera and i started taking photos of my family my friends, every single birthday party, you know, nothing artistically, just literally just having a camera, point at people, say cheese and just creating tons of like albums online for people to see. And uh, at the time, I didn't even know that that could be uh, a business. I grew up in Colombia, so it's not like I knew, like in Colombia, we this thing of like in the United States that people go to like Sears to take like the annual family photo, things like that, that culture doesn't exist in Colombia. Like in Colombia, people don't go to get a family portrait ticket. Totally. So in Colombia, like I didn't grow up with that. So like, I didn't know that that was possible. I thought that photographers were either photojournalists working for newspapers or wedding photographers. I didn't know there was any other genre of photographers. That's cool. So... So yeah, so like I I got my camera and then my friends were like, oh, take my photo, take my photo. And then... um, So this was in the United States? Yes, this was in the United States. Like I was already living here. So, uh, but it's still like I, like I, in my mind, like I I was like, what do you mean take a family photo where everybody like wears like night clothes and we go to a park? Like this makes no sense. What are we doing here? So a friend of mine sent me um, a website 
she was like, look, she is a photographer and she does family photos. And I was so confused by the whole thing. I'm like, I don't get it. What do you mean that people would pay for this? And again, this comes from my family never having photos and culturally uh, not something that Colombians do, right? We don't go take family photos. Anyways, I saw that and I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. I'm going to try it. I had a business. I mean, not a business. I had a job already. I had gone to school for marketing and advertising. I was working in an ad agency. I had really nothing to lose. So I started a business and people started to hire me. And I thought it was really weird. But I'm like, hey, this is fun. You know, it's kind of like my hobby. And now people are paying for my services. And I guess because I didn't have any expectations and I knew very little about the actual business of photography. And I was lucky enough to see a website that was like, she was like a famous photographer in Chicago, this first website that I ever saw. And she was charging what I thought at the time was a lot of money for photography that I just kind of like copy her. I have nothing to lose because I have my job. So like if somebody hire me, great. And if I don't get hired, it's a hobby. But people start paying me and I'm like, this is crazy. And then I took it a little bit more serious. And then I was like, oh, I need to learn this. And that's pretty much how I got it started. So when you said you need to learn this, like by that stage, you had the photography dialed in, but were you sort of like curious about like the business side of things? Like, oh, so how do I properly invoice? How do I, how do I turn this into an actual business? Correct. And I also wanted to learn more about like, photography itself like I was taking very safe photos like very a family stand here everybody look at the camera I knew very little about the potential that this family photography could be about so I started seeing what other photographers were doing I started doing like my research I was like okay how could I implement my personality into this business how could I make it fun uh and obviously yes how do I invoice how this team works do I need a license do where do I go do I need to start like an actual business should I just like do it kind of like like a side hustle without any responsibilities attached to it but I am also very type A so I needed things to be very structured. So I was like, this cannot be a hobby. Like this needs to become, mm-hmm. uh, I need to go all in kind of a thing. So I started working more. I still had my nine to five job. So I was like, okay, this is a safe space. And I started attending like photography groups and I started hanging out with people that were into photography and all of them were like wedding photographers. None of them were like family photographers. And in my mind, I always thought like, oh, wedding photography is like such a stiff job. It's like, you know, again, from the 80s and 90s. I think a lot of people felt like that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to work the weekends either. But I saw they were making obviously more money with it. Right. So I was like, okay, but how do I make more money if I don't do, want to do that job? Anyways, long story short, I ended up becoming a second photographer for a well-known photographer here in my city just by dumb luck. And I saw he was at the time, this was over 10 years ago, he was a trailblazer in the industry. Like he was doing things completely different. He was working these weddings that they were like huge, amazing weddings. And he was really generous with his time and with his knowledge. And I think that because I saw how he was working, that I saw a lot of potential. And I'm like, this is something that perhaps I would like to one day pursue. But I was fine with my family photography business. And then you know, the sisters of the siblings of those families were like getting married and I had already a relationship with the family. So they're like, oh, could you be my, you know, my wedding photographer? And that's how one thing led to the other. 
there's a lot of things in there that we could unpack as well, but was there one specific moment that you sort of looked back and you felt like it made you break? Like it was like one person that contacted you to shoot their wedding for the first time or the first time someone actually offered to pay you or like, was there a light bulb moment when you, the first time you looked at someone else that was doing it or something like that? I mean, there is obviously like very, very, you know, moments when I was like, oh, I made it right. Like the first time that somebody paid me for a family photography, I was like, unbelievable never in my life thought that this will be possible right i've made it exactly i was like oh my god this is amazing absolutely can do this the first time <laughs> that i actually my first wedding alone which this story is crazy and now when i look back i'm like oh my god this was so insane it was a destination wedding i pretty much we just did where, a handshake was, it? was in cartagena colombia which is super cool. posh for weddings yeah there was no contract it was pretty much like we met, we shake, and we're like, great, see you in six months in Cartagena. And that was it. And now when I look back at that, I'm like, oh my God, that is insane. How did I do that? And obviously before the wedding, like I got really nervous and I was like, I don't think that I can do this. So I called the bride and I was like, I think, you know, I think, you know, I can see me in my back. I, you know, I'm getting a little bit anxious. I don't think that I should be doing this. And she was like, no, I'll, I'll see you at my wedding. And if you don't show up, I know where you live. So I'll see you at my wedding, pretty much. <laughs> so she's so, sort of calming you down. Yes, it was pretty much, she was like, you're going to do this uh, and that's it. There is no talking about it. No options. Yeah, yeah, no options. You have to show up. That's good. So I showed up with my equipment, with a handshake. And obviously when I came back, I was like super stressed about the photos because this was my very first wedding. I'm like, I don't know if this is good or not. and. But she loved it. And that was it. That gave me a little bit of courage. So that was another moment that I'm like, oh my God, I made it. I did my first destination wedding, my first actual wedding ever. And they're happy with the results. So your first ever wedding, did you go second shoot for someone else before that? Or did you just go straight to a wedding by yourself? I had assisted, not even second shoot weddings before. So like I was carrying equipment, holding lights, you know, handling cameras. Then I had that wedding. And after that wedding, I was like, this is insane. And I need to actually do this like with a professional, like somebody needs to guide me because yes, this thing worked out one time, but I think this was just like luck. I need to make sure that this is going to be good. So I started second shooting. And after that, you know, after I second shot several weddings, then I started, you know, you taking my own weddings. Up. Yeah. Correct. And I guess like after you shot your first wedding, you would have looked at weddings differently when you're second shooting because you're kind of trying to learn the craft a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I think second shooting is a really great experience for, you know, see how other people work and learn without kind of like <laughs> the responsibility per se. But now, you know, that I'm a, like established wedding photographer in my city, uh, when I second, sh- when, when I hire somebody to second shoot for me, I, it's, I'm very picky. And it's mm. funny because like somebody gave me an opportunity when I knew nothing and I am super grateful for that. But now the stakes for me are too high that I, I cannot take that risk. Like I have to hire somebody that is at my they same, the doing, same level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, like the first wedding that I ever shot um, was the first time I ever been to a wedding besides my parents' wedding, which was in the lounge room when I was, you know, probably nine years old or something so i was very i had no idea on weddings and so after i shot that wedding i was a little bit insecure of like i don't know if i did the right job what do other photographers do i got no idea so i put it out there and asked if i could do some second shooting and i got this job with this guy and i was really excited about it and um 
I went out and shot the wedding with him. And what I learned most was like, oh my God, I don't want to be like this guy. And so this guy <laughs> walked around all day just yelling at everybody, the top of his voice, like, all right, great photo, everyone stand in line. And he would just be like so aggro and just angry all the time. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like at the end, I felt I was embarrassed to be with him because I was helping him carry his stuff and I was shooting mm. stuff. And I could hear all all the people walking around going like, oh, that photographer is an asshole. And yeah, like really quickly, I was like, okay, so whatever I was doing is better than this. So I might just go back to what I was doing, you know. It, but it's funny, but sometimes um, sometimes you got to work with other people just to see how things, how other people do actually work. And this guy, funny enough, is really busy and everyone recommends him and everything. So he's got his niche market there, people that don't mind angry people at their wedding. Um, but for me, it was <laughs> like I could never be like that person. And if that's what it takes and then I'm just not the right photographer. And so I just decided I'm just going to be completely different, you know, and I guess that's hard to do as well. Do it your own way. Absolutely. One of the things that I, for me, like that I learned uh, at the beginning when I was second shooting before, before I found like my, my mentor, this guy that was doing those crazy weddings, um, all the photographers that I work for, uh, they were very, don't say anything. Don't say your name. You're just here Mm. to second shoot. You're not here to interact. Like, Kind of like that scarcity and that like we're competition. Even if you're here working under my team, we're still competition, which I think it's crazy because obviously I'm there to support them. I'm not there to get business or anything like that. But that was like, oh, this is, this feels weird. Just scarcity mindset. Yes. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And then when I work with this, the guy that I, that I call as my mentor, that he was doing all these crazy, expensive and beautiful weddings. He was so generous with like me. And Mm. I was like, I wasn't like a good photographer even. And he hired me and he would like introduce me to like everybody. And he was like, he was like the hype man. He would be like, she's so good. You need to, you know, keep your eye on her. She's going to be so great in two, three years. Make sure that she's in your radar because you're going to be, you're going to want to work with her. And that taught me about like generosity within the business and always be positive. And like, for me, it was like, he is not concerned about, scarcity he has no fear he's comfortable he's, himself exactly yeah. he's super comfortable he didn't care so that taught me a lot and i'm super grateful for you know to see those two polar sides of the coin i'm glad that you've seen that and i'm glad you pointed it out especially on the podcast because a lot of people don't see that and what i've noticed throughout my career and it's been a long career and i've done a lot in my career but the people that don't help anyone else up and the people that try and hold the secrets to themselves and, mm. and try and bring everyone else down, like they're still, they're not here anymore, you know, in, in where Correct. I am, but the people that are so generous are always so successful and it works in line like that. It doesn't matter if it's in, if you're an educator right now, it doesn't matter if you're a designer, photographer, it doesn't matter if you're a florist, like whoever you are, the people that I know that are at the top of the game are the most generous. And I'll give you some examples, right? Sometimes I'll I'll write to someone. So let's say, for instance, I'll write to Gary V on Instagram. So he's very generous of his time. He gets back to me on DMs and he'll talk to me. And I'm like, that's amazing. Then I'll write to someone that's in my area and maybe they've got 5,000 followers and they never even get back to me. They're not generous with their time at all because they're too popular, they're too famous, they're too busy. They're my competition, like whatever it is. And I always think of those tiny little things. Another example is when I did Jack Short, that documentary, and I'll put it in the show notes if you guys want to watch that documentary. But that documentary, I went undercover. And what I noticed from that was the people I reached out to, I started reaching out people with barely any followers and no one wanted to work with me. 
and they didn't even give me the time. They didn't help me. They didn't even, some of them, most of them didn't even get back to me. Then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to the top. So I started reaching out to the top stylists and people that I actually knew, they didn't know it was me, but the top stylists, the top planners, um, the top photographers, and all the top wrote back paragraphs of like, here's where to find some work. This is what to do. Let us know if you're in the area. Let us know if you need to want to get a coffee or whatever it is. And I'm like, here's me with 20 followers. And they are giving me the time of day to be so generous with their time. No wonder you're so successful, you know? And I think about that because now I want to give back to you somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's so important to see that correlation because with anything that we do, there's always going to be one specific thing that you can see repeated throughout anyone. And so it's like patterns, right? So if I see successful people, I'm like, what is it that they have that the rest of of people don't have. And that is one of the things I'm like, every single successful person I know is insanely generous. And the more generous they are, the more successful they are. Yep. Good advice. (laughs) (laughs) So continue on with your story. I just want to hear like, so now you kind of at a point where like, what do you do next? Do you build a website? Um, Oh, I had had a website already. Like I had, because again, I'm very type A and I used to work in marketing and advertising. I knew. So how did you plan this stuff out though? Like, how did you know, okay, I need a website. I need this. I need that. Like, where did the plan come from? Okay. So once again, type A, I used to work in an ad agency. So I knew the basics. I'm like, I know if I want to have a business, the minimum that I should have is a website. That is like, I cannot go and pretend even if this is a hobby and if I don't have like a brand, you know, that was very embedded in my brain because of the, you know, I went to school for this and then I was working in the environment. So I got my website at the time, you know, like I bought a simple template. So I put something together and at the time wasn't even like social media. This sounds so crazy, but, uh, yeah, over 12 years ago, like Facebook wasn't a thing. We didn't have Facebook pages, obviously no Instagram. No. What did you scroll? Nothing. Nothing. I, I mean, I had my... my yeah. You, <laughs> like, what did I, your like, thumb do? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Our phones were like, no, we didn't have all this technology. It sounds it sound so old. But anyways, uh, this was just only 12 years ago. So, you know, it happened and I was just like sending emails like to my friends. I'm like, hey, check out my website. And if you have somebody that, you know, That's that awesome. wants photos, send them my way. So like really good old marketing. Like mm-hmm. that was it. Like really good old school marketing. And then obviously... Obviously, as the time progressed, I knew that I had to have a newsletter. And again, how do I know this? Because the campaigns that I was working with in my business, Mm. all of this was like little things that they were doing for like these companies, right? That's great that you had that experience and you could bring it into your new business. Yeah. Yeah. So like the the business that I was like working, uh, the team that I was working in this ad agency, they had like, okay, we need a sales strategy. We need to have a newsletter because we need to send information about the upcoming, you know, events. We need to have a website. So I was like, okay, if that works for a big business, it has to work for my business. Totally. So I got my website and I got my newsletter. That was the first thing that I got. So, and again, I start how people subscribe to my newsletter. I would send it to everybody like, hey, I have a newsletter. I'm gonna, at the time, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna give some promotions on my newsletter, sign up, blah, blah, blah. And with time, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna create a freebie. And the freebie that I wanted to create, uh, because I wanted to be something that was useful for anybody, even if they didn't hire me as a photographer. Right. I wanted to just give value. So the freebie that I created was like how to take better f- photos with your phone. That was what, 
you know, at the beginning when phones were just starting to have cameras, I'm like, oh, it's going to be really good because this is something new. People want to have that. So I create that freebie. And to be honest, I still have that freebie like on my website. Obviously, I have updated kind of like the content, but that is still a freebie on my website. So that's that's how those two things started. And obviously, did did you ever book any work? Like, did any of the right clients download that? Absolutely. So I did an event again. I I was like, I need to get my name out there. So like I reached out to like a very upscale children's uh, clothing line. And again, at the time I was just a family photographer. And I said, listen, what about if we do something together? And they're like, oh, we actually have this program where we connect with local photographers. We email our huge you know, email list. And then people come to the store and you photograph them. And then you sell the photos. We get a commission out of this, but you have access to their emails if they give them to you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is gold. This is going to be so good. And it was really, really good because on a weekend, I photographed like over a hundred families. It was like a really quick, like tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In out, in In out. out. Yeah, yeah. The families bought the images. The majority of the families bought the photos. So I made a really good profit. And I would say that 90% of these families gave me their emails. So I had those emails. I used to email like every two months. No, actually, to be honest, I used to email like seasonal. So like summer, winter, whatever. And one of my best weddings, like my second destination wedding came out of this mailing list. So one of the moms that had come here with her baby, her brother-in-law was getting married. They got married in Curaçao. And she she had only worked with me once at this little event that was like a five-minute photo shoot. But she really liked my energy and she liked the content that I shared for the next two years on that newsletter. So when the time came, she was like, hey, I know this photographer. This is really like, I really like her. We got into a phone call. The couple really liked me. And here I go onto my second destination wedding. This time, obviously, much prepared with a, you know, backup equipment, a so contract, awesome. you know, a good, a good plan. So I have that wedding. Can I even just stop you on that? Because I think not enough people realize that like email lists work and they work on so many different ways. And for some reason, I knew this, but when I first started, I don't know why, but I built my email list straight away and I did newsletters. But the newsletter, you got to remember like for wedding photographers, it wasn't because I had repeat customers and I knew people would get back to me. The reason being is because in year four, year five and year six, all the people that I shot in previous years, I was still on their radar and I was still updating them with the weddings that I was shooting, where I'm shooting, the destinations that I'm going, I'm traveling to, the albums I'm just launching, like all these things. And they used to love getting my emails. So they'd always refer me to their friends because I was the person front of mind all the time. So I actually booked probably all my last few years just from my email list, just because so many people remembered me and continued to remember me. And then they'd always like forward my email onto one of their friends that were getting married. So it's an amazing strategy that I think not many people really think about. I think it's a strategy that a lot of people avoid because it does take time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is a little bit of a pain to create, you know, to get that list going and to create good content because what happens, at least what I see with the majority of newsletters is just like a sale pitch, right? And that might work one of two times, but if every single email that you send is a sale pitch, it becomes garbage. Exactly. So creating good content that people will open requires a lot of intention and a little bit of research. And I guess that's 
why people don't enjoy sending newsletters because this is like a lot of work up front. But once you do it, Carolina, though, but it's great. don't you think it's don't you think it's true? It's like um, like I I work with you know thousands of photographers, but the people that say like, Jai, like I can't be bothered to like do a newsletter or I can't be bothered to start a website. I literally have people that go like, I just can't be like, I've been in business for three years now. I just can't be bothered starting a website. Like what I always think is if you can't be bothered to take action on your business and do these things, like, of course you're going to have diminished returns on your results compared to someone else. Because like the person that's showing up and like that puts in the time to does, does a newsletter and builds a website, builds a freebie, like you said, puts in, strategies maybe for Pinterest or SEO could be showing up on social media. Like the person that actually takes the most action for their business always is going to get the most leads, the most attention and probably the most sales and make the most money. Absolutely. I mean, I just think it's, it's kind of like a, like a a conundrum, right? Because there's many things that I don't do because I don't enjoy. So I do have to do things in my business that I myself enjoy. Now, do I enjoy writing a newsletter? It's not at the top of my list, but I know the results are going to be really good. So I make an effort. One thing that, for example, I myself don't do because I don't enjoy at all is TikTok. I don't even have a TikTok account. So I'm not going to spend time there if I truly, truly don't enjoy. However, a newsletter, once I get it going, I know that I will enjoy the results of the newsletter. So like I have to like, play a little bit of the mind. It's kind of like going to the gym. Do I love it? No. Going to but the gym. Do it's, I like it's to feel mindset. good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, listening yeah. to a podcast of this guy, he's 60 years old and he says, every day I run four miles. And the guy that was interviewing him goes like, oh, do you just love running? He goes, no, I hate it. And he's like, oh, well, do you love it when you're actually running? No, when I'm running, I want to quit every time. And he's like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, every day I go for a run and I get to a point where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I should just give up. And then I tell myself, but am I a quitter? Do you really want to live a life like that where you're unhealthy and you're unfit and you're not living to you know your full potential? And then he's like, okay, after I have that conversation in my head with myself about that, then I can run all day. Like I won't stop. And I think so often, like it's your mental strength more so than anything right. else. You know, yeah. and that's why it's important. That's why successful people, if you look at anything else um, I talked about before, like successful people have abundance, that mindset, and, and they're very giving. But the other thing that they have is they have habits. And so a habit is built because they don't want to go for a run for four miles, but they do it, right? They don't want to write the newsletter, but they do it. And they do it over and over and over. And then they don't want to release that podcast episode every Tuesday and once a month in Spanish, but they do it, right? Because it's a habit. And so what we do is like, we have this uh, balancing act between of like, what is it actually what we want to do, which is watch Netflix and eat chocolate on the couch. And what do we, what actually should we do, which is probably go for a four mile run every day. Correct. Or you can do both, you know, just, you and know. you can do both, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> manage your schedule. Uh, but yeah, I do believe that at some point in your business, you do have to care, right? And you do have to go the extra mile because especially nowadays, like you tell me we're in 2022 and you tell me, hey, you know what? I don't need a website because I have Instagram. I probably going to give you at least five reasons why you need a website. If you're going to tell me like, hey, I'm putting all my eggs on Instagram because that's where I am. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why maybe you need to diversify. Do you need to be everywhere? No. But do you need to le- to be at least in like three to four different places where your audience is going to find you and places that you enjoy being? Then you should, even if it's, you know, extra work. And even if it's sometimes you don't want to do it, but you like, you just have to push to get there. Yeah. And it's a great point there. Like I'm, I'm not a big believer in diversification where you spread yourself too thin, but 
especially with marketing people finding you, it's like the way I see it, it's like planting seeds. And so if you have gardens all over the city, right, it means people are more likely to stumble into your garden and and see that thing. So it's so important for us to create lots of revenues that people come in. And sometimes you forget that you even had that that blog post or that pin on Pinterest. And then when an inquiry comes in, oh my God, I'm glad that I took the time to do that. That's awesome. And then tomorrow's like, oh my God, I'm glad I did that newsletter. I just got another inquiry. And then the next day, I'm glad I drove to that venue. I just got another inquiry from them. And so now you've got all these hooks out and it's so easy to, if you go on fishing, so easy to catch all the fish. (laughs) (laughs) I think that people struggle with this is because they think they need to do all the things with the same intensity. So for example, my Pinterest, right? When I talk about Pinterest, I'm like, you need to do these boards, you need to pin. People is like, but do I need to pin every day? No, you don't. I don't pin every day. <laughs> At the beginning, when I started my Pinterest, I was pinning every day. Once I build my castle, I can relax, right? Totally. Do I blog every single week? Absolutely not. I have found out that I don't need to blog every week. I do blog at least once a month. Because I yeah. like that consistency. That's awesome. Once a month yeah. can do it. Do I need to do... The thing that I do the most is Instagram stories because it's easy. I just turn the camera on me. I can talk about whatever nonsense. Do it. Do I send a newsletter every month? No. I stick to my schedule. Seasonal works for me. Maybe I change Perfect. in a couple of years. But right now, this is what it works for me. So I am in a lot of spaces, but I don't do all the spaces with the same intensity. And at the same time. And at the same time, like I pace myself. So like, I don't stretch myself too thin. You know, like I even say this inside the business map. I'm like, if you're going to do blog posts, do it once a week for 12 months and then never do one again. And it doesn't matter. And that's what I did at the start, right? So my blog posts all from like 2013, 2014, I haven't really blogged for years. There's probably 52 blog posts on there. Cause I remember I did that and I still get inquiries every single day from those blog posts. Cause they're on Pinterest. They, they all rank. And I'm like, you know, so I go in there and update them. And I'm like, man, that's all I needed to do. You know, I put in the work. The year after, I went and spent time going to all the venues. And the year after, I spent the time growing my Instagram following. The year after, and I just keep working like that. Exactly. That's, you know, that's the best way to do it. You don't, you know, you don't get bored. You don't stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. Hey, so the Wedding Photography Summit's coming up and you're doing a masterclass on Pinterest. Can I you am. tell me, are you excited about being a speaker this year at the Wedding Photography Summit? Super excited. Obviously, I can't wait to, you know, meet new people to, you know, be there. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit nervous, but you know, it's gonna be fun. On a personal level for yourself, like, what are you most excited about? Like, well, what are you hoping to gain from this? Ah, that's, I don't know how to answer that question. I think I'm excited about the opportunity, obviously, to connect with people, to show people why Pinterest, you know, it's good for their business. I really want people to be successful. I don't like to go into Facebook groups and, and see people struggle with things that you can change that could have an impact on your business, right? So I think that I'm interested about that. I'm really interested about what happens after, what kind of connections can I make after this? What kind of people will I meet? Who's going to slide into my DMs and we're going to become friends? I don't know. Like, I'm really excited about that part of the opportunity. What happens next? It is, it is awesome. a big opportunity for, for me, not only to teach, but to connect. And I would like to see if the momentum carries on. I think that will be exciting to see. Doing anything like this, it's like, um, it's a new door and then you've got to peek through it. And then when you step in, you're in a new room and you just don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And you've got to be open to everything. Hey. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's exciting. You know, it's, it's, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm excited, you know. Well, when you say you're nervous and everything, when you first shot your wedding, you said you were nervous. It was a handshake. You had anxiety. You're not too sure. <laughs> is this like another, you, and then you said there was many pivotal points in your career. Is this just another step where you're getting uncomfortable once again? Yes. Yes. Obviously. I mean, I, I feel different because I'm nervous, but I'm not you're like, confident. Yeah, exactly. I'm confident. Yeah. I know the strategy works. I have teach hundreds of other photographers. So awesome. I know what I'm doing. It's just like a new environment. So like, it's, you know, it's always a little bit like, even if I'm an extrovert, sometimes I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. But, but I am very confident on, on the ability of this to be a strategy that works for everybody that wants to implement it. Right. It's going to be a strategy for everybody. It won't work for not. everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I think people that, that want to, or even people, what I always say is like, you might don't want to do Pinterest, but there is always information in there that is going to help you. For example, with SEO, I know you're also going to have Catalina talking about SEO. So like, this is going to definitely complement her talk about SEO. So yeah. there is always something to learn, even There's if you decide so like, crossover. hey, this is not awesome. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So your talk is going to be all about Pinterest. I know that you came in and graced us inside the Six Figure Business Map <laughs> and did a masterclass in there. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what people can expect when they sign up to a $7 summit ticket and then they tune in and then there's you giving us all the knowledge? This is so affordable. And this is one of the things I wish I had had 13 years ago because oh, I really Imagine had to like start changer. my... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't have taken me 13 years to be where I am. I know, seriously. So, so yeah. So definitely, thank you for putting this platform for people to access information at such a affordable price. Super affordable. So one of the things that I want people to understand is what Pinterest is. I think that even after all these years, I've been teaching about Pinterest. I think for the past five years, I believe, and there is always the same kind of like pushback. I don't need another social media platform. So I'm like, okay, this is the first thing that we need to debunk. It is not a social media platform. The second thing that I think it's important to people to understand is how to use it. I think that people think that I just need to post, you know, upload a couple of images and, you know, things will work out. And not really, like we need it to be intentional and not only be intentional, but be smart about how we're using the content that we already have. So I'm going to teach you how to use, you know, all the pins in a strategic way to attract people in your market. This is not a global campaign to attract people from all over the world. I want you to understand like what you need to do to attract people in your market. Even if you're a destination photographer, we're going to give a little bit more direction to what a destination wedding photographer means. I want to walk away from the term destination wedding photographer. I want you to tell me exactly where you want to work. So I'm going to teach you all this within uh, the class. I'm going to teach you about keywords. I'm going to teach you about how to use the right description for your boards. I'm going to teach you about how to create boards that actually attract people that are looking for your services. Uh, I also want people to understand that this is not a straight strategy, meaning that it's not like you're going to upload some images into Pinterest and immediately you're going to start getting clients. First of all, to be 100% honest, this strategy at the beginning takes a couple of months. And maybe by a couple, I mean about six months. And yeah, the second thing that I want you to know is that Pinterest is not a linear marketing strategy. There is so many things that happen within Pinterest, but Pinterest can be the starting point for you know attracting more clients into your business. It's still today, Pinterest is like the second most traffic 
you know, the first thing for my website is Google. Traffic the generator. Thing, yeah. Traffic generator. Google, the second thing is Pinterest. So I know that every month, hundreds of people are looking at my website thanks to Pinterest. And I know those people are local to me. And how do I know this? Because I take a look at my analytics. So I'm going to teach you guys how to do all this for your own business. And yeah. the great thing is like, the things that I'm going to teach on the summit are applicable right away. Like you can be taking notes and immediately after the summit, make the changes that you need to make. That's what on, we want. You know, exactly. Like I am very straight to the point uh, because of my personality. I'm not a lot into fluff or small talk, even though I have a podcast, but I like strategies that people can implement right away. Hey, Carolina, can I actually make a request for the summit? <laughs> you can. Could you show me? I'd, I'd just love to see just a little case study from one of your students that's implemented this. Because when you say it's like it's been six months, I would love just to see from someone that's like six months ago, they've implemented some stuff and then how they're feeling now. I think that would be really good for everybody. I can reach out and see what I can put together. Yeah. I think that'd be really good for everybody because sometimes like all we need to see is just like, oh, someone else just like myself has done it cool. Like, and so they get the results. Okay, cool. I'm going to go for it. You know? So I think it's so important. And, um, even if it's just like a, a, just a little case study or just a little testimonial or something, I think, um, absolutely. I mean, testimonials, I have tons. (laughs) Yeah. It would be nice to highlight one of your students. Definitely. Let's see. I had already recording my, my, (laughs) my presentation, but let's see, I'll make it work. You can just whack it in there, yeah. Or you can just give it to me and I can actually literally do it for you. So that's cool because I'm I'm live. So, you know. There you go. We can, you know, make it work. Yeah. Hey, so I'm really excited. I know there's going to be thousands of people at this event. We, I'm always being unrealistic with trying to make this thing as big as possible. And this year is going to be no different. I want to make it as good as possible, as fun as possible. And um, I'm just genuinely excited this year that there's just going to be so many strategies that people are going to walk away with. Just, I think people's minds are going to be opened up and there's a lot of stuff going to be crammed in and then we'll close it shut. And so, yeah, I'm excited about all that. And to have you there this year is a real honor. So thank you so much for being there. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, The honor is mine. Cool. Where can people find you? So people can find me on the talk Republic, TOGrepublic.com. That's where I have my podcast, my podcast episodes, any information about Pinterest or any other educational uh, aspects is there. I have a Patreon channel where like every... I try to put content like every two weeks and I talk a lot about content creation because again, Pinterest is content creation. So I talk a lot about content creation, how to get it done, how to repurpose content because again, it's about working smarter, not harder here uh, and all those good things. So people can find all that information on thetalkrepublic.com. Sweet. Thanks for being on the podcast and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for having me. 